do 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 cue intro music welcome back to sorry we're open i'm Lindsay and i'm jess and here we are Okay, I'm never getting old of the music. How many episodes in a row will Lindsay start by saying that? All of them. Great. Perfect. <laughs> well, full disclaimer, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, everyone. We're here. We're queer. No, sorry. What? <laughs> That's like a saying. What a great start to this episode. <laughs> well, I am. Jess is not, but... <laughs> you know, I'm just here for the inclusivity. Yep. We All love, about learning more. We love an ally. I'm a great ally. You are. Um. Wait, before we start... Our new segment, Lens. I have a question for you. Oh so, no, I'm terrified. It's not that scary. <laughs> okay. So one of my, it was, it was our friend Nick. Mm-hmm. He, he, um, asked me the other day. He's like, I have a question for the podcast, and I was like, Okay, what's up? Because does what? it does it have to do with brushing teeth? And if you could share toothbrushes? No. <laughs> Shout out to Lizzie. Question: What do you do when you accidentally like someone's Instagram? <gasps> Panic! Throw my <laughs> phone across the room. Like, <laughs> do you unlike? No, I no. I think you have to own it. You sh- what if it's like a photo from like 200 years ago? I don't know. I think I would unlike it. So you would unlike? Like, oh, fuck. And then I would unlike it. And then I would... Panic? Panic, block that person. No, I wouldn't block them. But well, like, because the thing is, if you unlike, then they'll only get the notification on their lock screen, but they won't get it on their like, like Instagram, actual Instagram, because you will have unliked it. Right. But if you leave it, then we'll know you like their photo from 265 right. weeks ago. Right. So, well, it depends also why you're lurking. If you're lurking because you want them to notice you, like maybe then, yeah, you leave it up. Oh, a cute flirting tactic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, mom, dad, or mom, mom, dad, dad. How did you, how did you meet? Like, oh, well, you know, your father, uh, you know, he, he liked one of my Instagram posts from three years ago and he, he didn't unlike it. And I was like, wow, that's a ballsy move. So, he, that is ballsy, man. So, all I, right. So you'd unlike. I think I would unlike because I don't think I'd ever be into someone enough or have that many pairs of balls to be like, yes, I'm gonna keep this post liked so that this person will notice me. Okay, good to know. All right, Nick. Well, I hope that suffice give you a sufficient. Well, insight. what would you do? Honestly, I've never had this happen to me. Thank God. Well, I know you, you say that, and then tomorrow you're yeah, I'm just... knocking on wood right now. <laughs> um, but I think like I would unlike and throw yeah. my phone into oblivion. Oh, absolutely! And be like I'm never going on Instagram again. No, yeah, I would throw my phone. Yeah, because you know when you're like you like get in a deep hole where it's like you were on this boy you think is cute, now you're on his ex girlfriend's friend's <laughs> brother's cousin. Okay, and then you like their photo, you're like shit. You're like I am so deep. Right? Like oh, do you know this person? Because now Instagram is like oh, this person follows this, this person. person, and you're like. Well, hey, hey, so-and-so, do you know this person? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, so bad news bears. I think I would I would unlike and just die. Yeah. No, abs- oh, no, I would crawl into a hole, absolutely. Great. I hope this is, like, really mature advice for you. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Go oh. Ahead. Go ahead, dear. Jinx, you owe me a mimosa. Wow, that's really grown up from a quarter in middle school. A quarter? I, it was always, like, a lemonade. A soda. A soda. <laughs> All right. So this next segment is called OK Boomer. I really like this segment name. We got a, we got a text about it today that it was like, that's such a good name. We're like, thanks. thanks it wasn't Tommy. us. Yeah, still, still thanking you, Tommy. All right. <clears throat> this word is 
ScoMo. Okay, I think it's similar to FOMO, but it's like, is it scared of missing out? Oh, that's a really great guess, but not even close at all. Okay. Um, could you use it in a sentence? I scomoed her. It's not sexual. I scomoed her. So what about like scoped her out? It's like you're scoping her out, figuring her out, stalking her on Instagram? Oh, that's a good one. But again, no. Sh- should I give you the... Yes, give it to okay. me. <clears throat> to shake someone's hand without their consent and against their will. <laughs> you just like went up to them and like, shake my hand. I don't know. That's like weird. I feel like both of my definitions were better than the real one. No, I agree. I don't really like it. But I mean, I guess it like makes sense. Okay, fine. I don't know where ScoMo comes from, but... I'm not going to use that one in daily life. No, probably not. Next. Oh, no, this one's kind of wholesome. Tempitope. Tempitope. T-E-M-I-T-O-P-E. Tempitope. Okay, so... Um, temp, like your temperature. Mm-hmm. Just gonna keep, skip the other one. Oh, letters. no, temetope. Sorry. Okay. And that was a, now we, my definition, temetope. I need, I need T-E-M-I-T-O-P. to T-E-M-I-T-O-P. Her name is temetope. Is it a name? Well, it could be. Apparently. Okay, I feel like this might be some kind of like... Oh, it is It is a name. So you know how like sometimes on Urban Dictionary they have like... Oh, Lindsay is a person. Anyway, it means well-mannered person, successful person, and good-hearted. But it's a, it's like a name. I was getting frog vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a person who does yeah. who hops around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> next. Yeah, sorry. Are you ready? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the next word is? I-D-G-A-F-W-A-B-G-T-S-A-M-I-K-W-T-F-I-D-A-W-T-F-I-D-D. I don't give a fuck what a bitch got to say about me. I know what the fuck I did and what the fuck I didn't do. <laughs> Can you imagine instead of just saying those words, you're like, excuse me, and you read all of those letters? No, it's like a Twitter thing. It's like... You know I'm not up to date on the Twitter. You're not. You're not. I, we're going to do one more. All right, one more. Oh, no. These are not good ones today. Gosh. Rush Limbo. <laughs> What? Rush Limba? Yeah. No, never mind. Limbo? Rush Limbog. Limbog? Oh, he's the guy who got the fucking Medal of Freedom. Like, it was a... Re- like, you get a car and you get a car at the State of the Union last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the definition is the complete opposite of Michael Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a political one. We right. try not to get too political on the pod here. No, but sometimes it's... All right. Oh, arm chairing is good. <clears throat> arm chairing? Arm chairing, not sharing. Arm chairing. When you sit on the arm of the chair. No. I feel like maybe. Oh, oh, oh. Is this like when you have sex when one person's on the table and one person's standing? Oh, that was good, but no. Okay, can I get it in mm-hmm. a sentence? QA engineers are really just arm chairing all day. I feel like that's offensive. Collaborating? No. Okay, what is it? Talking about or doing something with little knowledge of it or not actually doing anything and having other people do it on your behalf. Oh, this is related to our high pocket yeah, from last week. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Would you like to refresh the listeners what a high pocket is? Oh, a high pocket is someone who's above you at work who is useless, so they shouldn't be. <laughs> but also, okay, Boomer in the news, guys, we saw someone use sexual napalm. Oh, my God. Yes. So, 
apparently it had to do with John Mayer and Jessica Simpson. And this was from like 2008. But the reason it came up was because Jessica Simpson recently Just, wrote a book. She wrote a hard hitting book that apparently is like really like spills all the tea on her 10 year relationship with John Mayer. But basically what she said, the final straw in there, like back and forth, back and forth for 10 years is that he called her a sexual napalm in an interview. Good for her. Like, go off. Like, don't be objectified like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great job, Jessica Simpson. I'm glad you're promoting the OK Boomer words in the world. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. I, I'm sure that's why it was on Urban Dictionary. Obviously. <laughs> um, All right. So, next, Lens, your favorite segment. Keg stands. I just had coffee, so I did sing this one today. Proud of you. We both had coffee. We've, like, we peed, like, st- collectively three times. Yeah. So, I'm living. All right, Lens. Would you like to introduce the topic today? Oh, yeah. It's going to be Valentine's Day because it's everyone's favorite holiday coming up. I've never met someone who was like, Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday. I mean, if there's someone who has a person on Valentine's Day every day or every Valentine's Day, then they're probably like, yeah, I love it. But have you, I I was going to say, have you seen those tweets? Clearly you haven't where they're like, well, shut up. Like people who get salty about not having a Valentine on Valentine's Day, people are like, some people don't have a groundhog on Groundhog's, Groundhog's Day, so check your privilege. So I think that's... Dude. <laughs> All right, Lynn. So how's your experience with Valentine's Day been? So personally, not a huge Valentine's Day fan. Okay. Um, I think it's just in their Hallmark, Hallmark holiday an excuse to spend money on stupid things. Um, I have had a significant other on Valentine's Day. And like, we didn't do too much. Like, we made dinner and chocolate-covered strawberries. And it was actually really wholesome and cute. But like, we didn't you know, go out and, like, buy each other gifts. We kind of just spent time together, which I think was the, like, the most important part, you know. Yeah, so I've never had, like, a significant other on Valentine's Day. So I'm, like, in the grumpy single people. Mm. My mom would say I'm a cynic. <laughs> um, In the grumpy single people thing. But I just, like, think there's so much bullshit. Specifically when, like, for example, on, like, February 12th, when someone's like bitching about their boyfriend on Finsta and I'm like, ugh, classic. And then two days later, they've posted on Instagram that this is the person, this is everything they want and need. And I'm like, honey. Did you read your last Finsta post? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, homie, you just like wrecked this guy on Finsta, but he's the love of your life and everything you've ever wanted, but you're also probably 14, so it's confusing all around. <laughs> Well, no, I think we could get into a whole separate conversation about, like, social media and relationships and Valentine's Day and what that means, but... I just think it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on being in love. Oh, absolutely. And then I think it also goes back to our episode on cuffing season. You know, you have to, like, stay with this person through Valentine's Day, you know, like, oh, well, I can't break up with her before Valentine's Day or I can't start dating her before Valentine's Day. You know, because, oh, shit, like, we have to get a, we have to get a gift. Like. And flowers for Valentine's Day? Whew. Also, flowers, A, are expensive as hell. <laughs> I didn't realize that until I bought someone flowers. So I was like, oh, never doing this again. <laughs> so expensive. And, B, they die in, like, four days, so. I mean, I love flowers. They're really sweet. But, but they're very expensive. And, like, also, I just feel like you get in this weird thing where it's like, um, are you, like, you don't know if you're on the same page as your significant other. Like, are you like if you go all, all out and they're just like casual or vice versa or like, how do you figure it out? Well, I think that is a miscommunication. And I think, well, if you're miscommunication, if you're miscommunicating about a holiday as stupid as Valentine's Day, then there are some deeper issues than just one person going all out and one person not. And OK, also, we're kind of bashing like, OK, 
fine, you go all out for Valentine's Day. Like, that's cute. But I don't think you need a specific day to, like, appreciate your partner. And I think that's important. Like, you shouldn't have to wait. And people in general, not just partners. Like, you shouldn't have to wait for, like, a birthday, an anniversary, a special, like, thing for you to be like, hey, I love you and you're great. Right. And like Valentine's Day could be every day. Right. And it's so much pressure. Like, I, I know we kind of talked about this during the holiday time, during the holiday episode, but I think, I don't know, if I like see a gift for you, I'm just going to get it for you and give it to you whenever because your birthday may be in like six months or Valentine's Day may be in like four months. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about this since it's going to be in like five, four days. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on people in multiple ways. But since... I don't really have, like, that much to really harp on Valentine's Day. I thought that we could talk a little bit about crushes. Oh, tea. Well, also, really quick, Valentine's Day is the best thing to ever have existed. <laughs> Important note. So this year, like, our, like, close friends at college were all realizing no one's got a significant other. And we were like, hmm, like, should we do Valentine's Day? And I was like, no, let's do Valentine's Day. <laughs> so we made a reservation at a restaurant on actual Valentine's Day at, like, prime lovebird time. Like, like 7, 7 p.m. <laughs> and we are going to dinner. There are six of us. There are six of us on actual Valentine's Day. And I made the reservation. I'm like, this woman must think, thinking this is, like, a really cute, like, three couples. And no, we're going to roll up and, like, buy the place out of margaritas and have a time because I'm, me and Lindsay are each other's Valentine. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I think that's going to be, like, the greatest thing ever. And, like, I think our point before, like, it's not that I want to like bash Valentine's Day and people being in love because I'm a grumpy single person because I'm not really that grumpy. It's more just like I think we should stop needing a holiday to like celebrate each other. Like we should we shouldn't have to feel pressure to be a certain way with your significant other. You should just right. do those things. Like have you ever taken the five love languages quiz? Yes. Okay. What are what's your love language? Okay. So I can't remember this off the top of my head, but I think it's acts of affection. Whatever that is. Oh, mine's the same list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm words of affirmation and physical oh, touch. Okay, yeah. And I think physical touch was right over words of affirmation. But, like, you should be able to, like, if you haven't taken the quiz, go take the five law of languages quiz. Really quick, really easy. Says a lot about you. But I think, like, learning, like, what's important to you and your partner and how you communicate with love is more important than, like, some big shebang on Valentine's Day. Right. And, you know, even if you don't have anybody on Valentine's Day, celebrate it with the people you love. It's a loving holiday. You can be my Valentine. No, I'm already your Valentine, so you cannot be Jessica's Valentine. Okay. I can find you a Valentine. Wait, the, I, just, sorry, really quick. So that reminded me of, like, you know, in middle school when you give everybody a Valentine's. Oh, that, my a, God, a the worst thing ever. <laughs> so you give everybody a Valentine, and it's like, it's kind of cute, but, you know. No, it's not cute. It's high pressure. I used to always get so anxious about what kind of Valentine's gate cards, because it can't be too embarrassing, but you don't want to, like... And I'm also, like, one of those people who, like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so I need to make sure that everybody's message is good. I can't, right? I can't like, can't not give Evan a good card because I really have a crush on Ryan. Like, right, I'm, and I was going to say, and then that goes back to crushes now. It's like, well, do you give your crush a better card? But really quick, my my really good friend <laughs> in, like, eighth, ninth grade, she gave me a Valentine's Day card. And then it was Nicholas, because there's those, those like anti Valentine's Day cards, which I think are my favorite. I think from middle school, I have over a hundred save and we'll definitely post some. But one of my favorites was, it was a picture of Nicholas Cage and on it, it says, you've caged my heart. And I think <laughs> to this day, that is the best Valentine's card I've ever received. So I anyway. love 
good Valentine's Day cards. But you mentioned crushes, so let's go there. Well, you mentioned crushes first. So but I you just, brought it back. So here we go, back again. So, Linz, how do you feel about crushes? Um, I personally, I like really like having crushes. I think it's like fun and exciting and gets like my heart rate up. I'm like, oh, this person's so cute. I have like a little crush on you. And like, sometimes it's not even a romantic crush. I have like friend. I have a lot of friend crushes on people. I'm like, oh my God, I want to be your best friend. And I get nervous around you because I just want to be cool. <laughs> but so as I was thinking about crushes, because I am the opposite. I think crushes are literally the worst. I don't, you don't think they're like exciting and fun. Like you have like cute little like daydreams about them. No. Okay. They're the worst. So naturally, when I was thinking about crushes, I started to think about the steps of having a crush. And I was hoping <laughs> that you will you'll agree or disagree. We can talk through the steps of having a crush. All right, go for it. So step one, you realize you have a crush. Yes. So you're like in the bar, or you're at the library, you sit at lunch, you have a conversation, you realize, I have a crush. You're like, oh shit, this person's cool as hell. So then for the next week or so, you're in complete denial about it. I do not have a crush on this person. I don't think they're cute. I do blah, blah. Complete denial. Okay, yes, but no. Because then, like, you, like, kind of tell your friends about it. You're like, oh, wait, that's later in the steps. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I would tell my friends right away. No, 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 no. So you're in denial about it. You're like, I don't... I've never been... I really... Oh, no, actually, that's that's true. My my friends will be like, yes, you have been in denial. Then suddenly, you're absolutely in love with them. You're (laughs) like, everything they do is cute. They stand cute. They hold their pencil cute. They, like, smile at you cute. You're like, wow, everything you do is cute. Normal activities, they open the door cute. Like, everything. They're suddenly, like, the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So then you have this debate. Do I tell my friends? Do I keep my crush a secret? Like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I tell my friends everything. Obviously. I usually announce I have a crush. So you announce... (laughs) You're like, guys, I have a new crush. I have a new crush. So, like, you announce you have this crush. And then you you get in your head because you're like, fuck. Are they just being really nice and cute to me all the time? Or do they like me? So then you're right, like, because you overanalyze everything. You're everything. Like, you're like, oh, this boy talked about playing to me? You're like, uh, or girl? You're like, oh my God, like that was really cute. Like, Right, and then like, like, oh, are they being flirty or are they just texting being friendly? Like, are they just being friendly? Flirty or friendly. That, Have they already friend-zoned me? Right, and it, personally, I think it's very hard with girls. And I think guys will agree with me, like when a girl is talking to them, because like my one friend and I were just talking about it. Like, when a girl is talking to you, you're like, oh, girls are just so nice and sweet. Like, are they actually, like, are they flirting with me or are they just being very friendly? And my one guy friend, like, had the same issue recently. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So I've been told I'm flirty, but I think it's friendly. What do you think? Uh, mm, I think, for me, I think you're just friendly because I know you. Okay. But I'm flirty. Lindsay is the biggest flirt Lindsay, I'll look across the bottom like, Lindsay, this poor boy has now fallen in love with you, <laughs> like, all the time. But let me not get off track. So then. Okay. After, I was just going to say I flirt with everybody that, you do. like, breeze. You literally, anyone. It's so much fun. She really loves it. But, okay, so after you, after you, like, can't figure out, do they like you, or are they just being nice, you then declare you absolutely do not have a crush on them anymore. This is classic Jess MO. I'm like, nope, it's over, crush is over, like, I don't like them anymore. Right, because you're like. Ugh, this is too much work. I'm over this crush. So you you stop having a crush on them, right? Temporarily. Then, approximately (laughs) 12 hours later, you're (laughs) like, fuck, I really do have a crush on them. And the crush slams you in the face and this process repeats. Absolutely. I think the most accurate part is like convincing yourself that you like don't have a crush on said person. 
And like all your friends are like, Lindsay, shut the fuck up. Like, yes, you do. I'm like, no. no, it really, I think crushes are so hard because it's like, do I like actually like want anywhere to go? Like, do I want this to actually go anywhere? Or do I just think you're cute? It's always both for me. Like for me, I feel like all my crushes are people that are like unattainable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, very interesting. And first of all, I don't think anyone is unattainable for you, Jessica. But I get what you're saying. It's like, oh, this is like an ideal crush. Like, this is my dream person kind of thing. And you're like, no, like, it's so nice to have like a fun little cute little crush on you, even though I know nothing's going to happen. Yeah, like, I feel like all the guys I've had a crush on in the last six months, which is only two that I can think of off the top of my head, maybe only one, like, <laughs> I have been like, like, I'm like, this is ridiculously unattainable. Like, it's like, and then it turns into kind of a meme. Because, like, our friend Olivia will literally text and be like, I have a crush on this random kid. Like, she went to she went to a law school class, and she was like, ah, oh, there are two really cute guys in this class. Right, and then and then we always joke about it, like, like okay, when's the wedding? And it's, like, just a crush, and you're like, I haven't even spoken any words to this person. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, like, sometimes you, like, I don't know. For me, I feel like all my crushes are, like, completely unattainable, so then I actually don't do anything about them. Well, see, that's the scary part for, well, like, it, the scary part is when you have a crush on, like, not an actual person, but, like, a person that you've like hooked up with and you're like oh panic mode like i can't have a crush on this person because like you haven't defined the rules of like the hookup and then you're like well fuck me like i so then that's where i think it comes back and forth like oh no i don't like this person oh yes i do ah no 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 i can't do that you know that kind of thing yeah i think it's like crushes sometimes feel like forbidden love i was gonna bring up romeo and juliet but we all know how that ended so maybe not. death <laughs> Yeah, but I spoiler just, alert, Jessica. If you don't know the ending of Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> you were never in the sixth grade. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think it's really love is a complicated thing, and we could have multiple podcasts on love and crushes. And I think we should. I like talking about it personally. I think love is fun all the time. I'm like, I want to be in love. Someone marry me. And I'm then, such a grouch about love. <laughs> and then other times, I'm like, no, nah, I hate everyone. Like, no one speak to me. Like, so. I am the. My mom is like. Don't bring your cynicism about love. And I'm like, yes, mother. Oh, no. I am a hopeless romantic through and through. Really? Yes. Yes. Where would you categorize Malins? I I don't know. I don't think you're as cynical as you think you are, to be honest. I don't know, man. I just feel like I'm always like, I just feel like I always have a crush on the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And bad timing, maybe. Yeah, yes. And so then that's that's what makes you grouchy. And then, because, like, you deserve better than the people that you have crushes on. Thanks, Linz. Mm-hmm. That was really empowering. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I got to say about crushes. But I hope if you are in love, you had a beautiful Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> I hope you got flowers or a homemade meal, because that's what I would want to do if I had a Valentine. I'd be like, let's cook together and it lay was, on the couch. It was the cutest fucking thing. So fucking cute. I just want to cook together. We made Brussels sprouts. Like, oh, who doesn't love Brussels sprouts? Who doesn't love a good crunchy Brussels? Like, <laughs> lay on the couch. I want to, like, snug, love snugs, and just, like, be. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to dress up. Let's just, like, chill and cook together. That's yeah, what I would do on but, an ideal But Valentine's date nights are fun. I'm, gonna, like, getting dressed up. Ugh! Now I miss having a significant other. Why well, did we start talking about this? Well, don't worry, queen. I want to be in love. I'm your Valentine this year, and we're going to have true. such a beautiful Valentine's Day <laughs> dinner together. We are. We are. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, yeah. Well, that's it. That's all I got. Is it? I don't know. I don't, yeah. Huh. I don't I know. Yeah. We'll come back to this topic in a future date. Yeah. Do you want to be in love, Jessica? I'm too busy to be in love. Do you have any current crushes? Yes. 
<laughs> Am I going to act on it? No. <laughs> Do I think you should act on it? Yes. There's literally no way. Honestly, I hope someone who's listening can try to figure out who it is. Like, good luck. You. Won't. I don't think, no. I, I mean, obviously, I know who it is, but I don't think anyone else is going to. No, you would not pull this one out. It's, no. It's very <laughs> sneaky. And, like, the person is unbelievably random. Like, like, not even remotely in our social circle. No, very random, but I love it. <laughs> yes, but um, I feel like I don't have time to be in love right now. Yeah. No, and maybe I, that's a defense mechanism. Maybe a little bit, but also like second semester senior year, like, do you really want to be in love and then like have the person that you love move away? No, absolutely Stop not. That. Sorry, I'm just saying. Oh like, God. <laughs> like, uh, that's why I'm like, I can't do that right now. Like, absolutely not. Yes, break so my, my poor little fragile heart. You do have a little little heart. <laughs> you do. It's it's very fragile. But yeah. So if you have a cute Valentine's Day date, you should send us pictures. Don't go break him. Don't go break them. So I don't know why I started thinking that, but I was like, break my heart. So that song came to my head. So I feel like we're talking faster than normal. <laughs> we both just had the fuck ton of coffee. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go before you feel like this is a useless well, podcast to listen to. Well, I was, well, yes, that. But I was also, I have so many thoughts. Jessica, do you want to share more? Yeah, I do. Really quick. I was just going to say, if, if, if we were still recording the beginning of the podcast, I would have used that as like, sorry. No, see, it doesn't even work. Like. To the tune of Don't Go Break in My Heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. My brain is everywhere. We shouldn't have had coffee before this. No, I would have been asleep if we didn't have coffee. So, Well, now we're... Also, Lindsay drinks her coffee with cream and sugar. Is that weird, guys? I think it's weird. Why is that weird? I don't love coffee. I just need the caffeine. I drink my iced coffee basically black, so I'm confused by Yours it. was not basically black. Dude, there was like one inch of milk in it. Nick, watch me pour it. I called Lindsay and delivered her coffee, so. Yes. Thank you. Love you. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll go now. This wow. Is, this this is... has been psychotic, and we're probably going to cut this, and you'll never hear it. No, so. no, no. I think we're going to keep it, because I think it shows our personality when we're on coffee, which you definitely needed to see and experience. Also, like, yeah, that's it. I, that's all I got, actually. Okay, bye. <laughs> actually, not bye. There's another segment coming. <laughs> and next, we have our guest segment. Hey, guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Kate. I go here. <laughs> it's very vague and I love it. Hey, Kate, what's <laughs> up? Kate, what topic did you bring to the podcast today? Today, I brought professional, academic, and social standards for women and why they're shit. Perfect. Great. Um, why'd you, why? Why? Uh, because it's something that I've figured out that I it's sort of really affected me in my childhood days and it's something that I'm coming around to realizing as an adult that I don't need to feel like I need to fit into anything because I'm just sort of me nice do we want to start from day one you just mentioned your childhood what is something you know that you kind of experienced when you were younger sure so I'd say it was probably in third grade that I realized I wasn't really a girly girl So I felt that... No way. I know. (laughs) Big surprise. But I figured out that if I wasn't a girly girl, then I had to be a tomboy. So I just sort of threw myself into that. And I defined myself by that probably through high school, even though that's not necessarily exactly who I am. I like dressing up. I like looking nice, but I still kind of have a little bit of a badass attitude yeah as she says she's wearing a necklace and her nails are painted and you know she looks so nice right now (laughs) for the record it's chipped so yes but it's something exhibit a my nails (laughs) (laughs) no and i think that's when you when i think about i think 
like especially in elementary school, middle school, like you're one of two things. You are either the girly girl or the tomboy. There's really no like you either like ew bugs or you're like literally dissecting them in middle school. Like there's no difference. I literally dissected a snake in the sixth grade and I licked a slug. Anyway, I was told to lick the slug. It was a banana slug. I it, I was told it would make my tongue numb and it did. I was the first one to do it. I offered up before all the other boys did. Anyway, sorry. What the fuck? <laughs> You're a psycho. <laughs> I was a tomboy. I still am. <laughs> like, what was your go-to attire in, like, when the tomboy phase? I mean, like any mid-2000s girl, I had the <laughs> blue and green plaid shorts. Yes! Aero pastel t-shirt. <laughs> Incredible. No, but one of my best friends in middle school... She was the definite. It's so funny. If you see a photo of her now, you would never believe it because she is like, just like, she's beautiful and like clearly girly, but like, and she'll know it. I'm talking about her too if she listens, but she, um, she used to wear like cargo shorts and a low pony. Yep. 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 I wore a low pony and there was one summer where I wore my Derek Jeter Yankees t-shirt the entire, like the entire summer every day. My mom had to wash it every day. <laughs> so I... I have always had short hair growing up. And then it was sixth, seventh grade that I cut my hair really short, uh, got bangs, and also had braces. And I looked, oh, honey. I looked like Coconut Head <laughs> from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. No. And that's when I decided to grow my hair out. But then I chopped it again a, a few years ago. And oh, my God. Yeah. I, I actually was side by side. Do you have a photo that we could put on the podcast story? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no pictures exist of that. I was going to say, we're going to go find some. So <laughs> I'm going to call your mom up and be like, Mrs. Reimer, could I please get a photo of the coconut head days? <laughs> so like, why do you think we have that? Like, why do you think it's like either girly girl or tomboy? There's no in between. I was actually going to talk about that. Ah! How we have, we absolutely have an A or B society. If you're not A, then you're B. Now, granted, I fully believe that the community of women is so much more open and accepting than the community of men in general. You know, there are always extremes on both sides, but it's like one or the other. You know, okay, you can have two types of girls instead of, I don't know, one type of girl, but you are sporty or you're like, oh, I can't even like catch anything. I don't have, I don't know my right from my left. <laughs> Do you know those girls in middle school, Jamie, were like, or like when you play volleyball. You no. In Ahem, I was the only girl captain of my middle school flag football team, and we won. And it was my proudest accomplishment. My proudest accomplishment in football was I was quarterback for the Powder Puff team. Ah, that's awesome. My uh, my one friend and I, we always played uh, two hand touch football in the concrete parking lot with the boys. Um. Yeah, instead of playing with the dolls in the corner with the girls. and Anyway, so, hey, Amanda, what's up? <laughs> All right, so, but more, like you said, A yeah, and B. More about the A and B. It's you're smart or you couldn't care less about school. You know, there's rarely, like, oh, I'm really trying my best, but whatever. You know, even if that's how you feel, you adapt the other personality to fit into A or B. And then there's, you know, if you're going out at night, you're either, like, low cut and cut on the other end and showing everything you got or you're like rolling up in a t-shirt and jeans <clears throat> not that either are Me. incorrect <laughs> but it's like usually one or the other you can't have someone being like i love going out at night but i don't really want to show too much chest hmm. why I, I have no idea why do we think that is do you have any 
insights? Because I believe that at our core, all humans feel like they need to fit into something. So if that's fitting into A or fitting into B, it's fitting into one of those. You don't want to be in the middle ground where you're like, oh, I love going out. I love hanging out with people. But I don't know, just sort of feel like wearing a loose tank top tonight. Yeah. And I feel that. But also as a Gemini and a bisexual, I feel like <laughs> I could be in the middle of like a lot of things. So. But have you always felt that way or have you realized no. that kind of recently yeah. that you can be in there? No, absolutely. Because I think especially when I was younger and having gone to an all-girls private Catholic high school, mm. I had to fit in to a T. You know, we all wore a uniform, obviously, but, like, beyond that, people brought in, like, Lululemon lunch bags, and I think I might have talked about this already, but, like, I had to have one of those, you know? Yeah. I had to put my lunch in a Lululemon bag. I had to go to Lululemon to buy something to put my lunch in a bag. And just, like, that notion now to me is ridiculous that I thought that way five years ago. Um, but I think, you know, coming to college and, you know, being my own person and getting to develop my own sense of style and everything and kind of realizing that I care a little bit less what people think. Um, you know, I think that definitely took me a while. And that's not even when you first come into college, you know, as seniors, we love to make fun of first years for coming in and like wearing the best clothing they have yeah. to every class they have or wearing yep. their Lululemon <laughs> leggings to every class they have. Yep. And as seniors, we're like, nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it took us four years to figure that oh, out. Oh, absolutely. Because now, especially, you know, 21, 22 years old, I'm like, I don't, you know, you know, I don't, I don't care what other people think of me because I'm at this point where I'm like, I, I am who I am and, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing. So, But it's one of those things that it's a little scary that it's, am I going to revert back to trying to fitting in when I enter the professional world? Oh my because God, I hope not. <gasps> you know, we've sort of dominated the college scene by this point. We figured that out. Now we're going into a whole new situation and environment. So what do you think like shaped your like feminine part of your identity? I really think it was going into freshman year of high school and going into freshman year of college. So I went to public school all through elementary and middle school. And so when I had to find myself as an eight-year-old that I wanted to be a tomboy, that's what people expected from me. And so that's what I stuck to, even if by the end of fifth grade I wasn't, or by the end of seventh grade or eighth grade, I wasn't really feeling it anymore. And then I went to a Catholic school just because my private school was a little too big. My parents weren't super comfortable with it. I was like, okay, all new people. I can be a brand new me. So then, but I also almost reverted back into it just because I knew that that was successful, that I could be a person in that setting versus trying to define myself all over again. And then coming into college, it's the same thing. You're like, oh, brand new people. I'll figure this out. And so I, I sort of showed myself as this tough girl who, you know, sometimes can dress nice, but, you know, essentially tough, you know, pretty. Kate is a badass. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I try. <laughs> but uh, it really was over the past probably two years that I started owning a little bit more that I don't have to define myself by this tough girl wear flannels standard. If I want to wear flannels, I can. If I want to put on a sweater and a nice necklace, I can. Yeah. Now, did you have like an internship over the past summer or I did so so how did that go for you did you feel like you had to meet a certain standard so I worked for a solar construction company which was at its at its essence a construction company which is of course 90% men mm -hmm. 
So when I was on site, I absolutely wore khakis, uh, polo, hair back, not much makeup. In the office, it wouldn't be too, too different. Maybe a blouse. Whoa. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> and I know this summer I'm going into technical sales where I'll be in a lot of industrial settings again. So it'll be a lot of the same. And that's, you know, sort of leads into the professional segment of technical versus non-technical, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, what you see around you. Because when you don't have a lot of women in the field that you're going into, there isn't necessarily an A or B set up yet. You're like, there are so few of us, I don't want to break the standard just in case I could ostracize me. That's interesting to think about. I guess for me, so since I'm not in the engineering field, so I'm primarily surrounded by a lot of women women in my field. So I haven't, I guess, experienced as much of the professional um, obstacle of being a woman, I would say. I don't know how you feel about that lens. Um, so at, at least I know academically there are, I'm a finance and economics major, so in my finance classes specifically, there are a lot of men in it and not that I've ever really noticed it or it really bothered me. Um, I mean, there were, you know, a couple times where, you know, run into some issues. But I think when I, you know, had my internship this summer, it was a pretty even breakdown. Um, but I noticed that within, you know, what I was doing, there were kind of like gender stereotypes, like the software engineers and developers were mostly guys and like, me as a project manager, I was a woman and I mm -hmm. worked with like other women. So that was really cool. Um, but, but then I think, you know, seeing how they dress was like a little bit more feminine. And I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. So in my internship, my best friend over the summer was a 64 year old man named Frank. <laughs> Frank. God bless Frank. <laughs> so I didn't really have too many like women around me that I could set the standard for. Even my boss who was a woman was part time because she had a child. So like, when she wasn't there, I was, you know, sort of reporting to a man and a bunch of men above him. And so it, it wasn't a like, oh, we wear dresses here. We can wear skirts here, even though yeah. I, there's nothing illegal about that. Yeah. Other than on site, you know, got to. When you think about how that's impacted you, like not having women as many women to like kind of model off of, like, how do you think that's impacted? Like how you how comfortable you feel in the field how like able easy to acclimate does it take longer to feel like you like kind of belong in your internship so funny enough i never once worried about that for a second because i had an incredible role model my grandmother who passed away a little bit ago she was uh, one of the first women to receive all three degrees uh, from the university of maryland her undergraduate graduate and doctorate degree in accounting Go where, off. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> she like she broke so many glass ceilings. She was a professor there in Wait. in the seventies when there weren't many women professors, especially women professors in accounting. So when I said that I was interested in a technical field like engineering, specifically mechanical engineering, for my family it wasn't a you know, that's a there are a lot of men over there. <laughs> you know, it was like, Okay, go for it. You gotta work hard, but do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I kind of felt something similar with my mom as well. She's in the same industry as I am. And, you know, she's this badass business woman. And, you know, so I've always had that strong female role model. Um, so I, I think that I never again, like I never really thought like, oh, well, there's a lot of boys here, but like whatever. Also, because I was also a tomboy and I played sports. So I was like, I was never really phased by that. Yeah. Um, 
so I think that's, you know, interesting and in how your upbringing can kind of affect, you know, what you think you can and cannot do. I think that one thing, like, that I, my mom's always said, so my mom's also a badass woman, and she's always instilled in me to, like, really find a mentor. Like, find a powerful female who has a voice and to use my voice and to network and to, like, really push myself because she says that, like, innate women helping women, like, empowerment really runs deep. And so I've, like, that's something she always taught me that, like, I have a voice and I have a loud voice and to make it her, and that's why I really... After, like, freshman year, I stopped letting boys tell me whether I had value or not and, like, whether or not, like, my thoughts were important. Because I'll never forget, I was sitting in, a, in like, a math recitation or whatever. You have to take calc freshman year. And I was like, all right, like, math wasn't my favorite subject. Fine. But I had a boy mansplain, like, Ugh. how to take the root of something to me. Mm. And I remember being like, bud, we're both in freshman calc recitation. I'm good. <laughs> like, I don't need this. And I think, like, really, it's so important to have those role models who are like, you can do this. Like, I did this. You can do this. And so those role models in a professional setting really can help you, like, feel really successful. Yeah, and I think even, like, in a not professional setting, <laughs> the other day I I hosted an all-girls Super Bowl party. It was awesome. Thank <laughs> Which, you very much. Yes, of course. But I think it was in, a lot of fun in the sense that there is a lot of female energy in the mm. room and like you could feel it and it was really awesome that we were all bonding together cheering you know, for the game just as much as we were cheering for j-lo absolutely and shakira don't forget Shakira. of course uh, but absolutely because you know like they were all we were all there because we wanted to watch the game you know uh, the super bowl halftime was incredible yes and we were all <laughs> singing all the words to every song and it was such a bonding moment but i think you know kind of surrounding yourself with this female energy in whatever setting can be really important so and I just think it really, something like that, like, first of all, I would like to point out this really exciting thing that happened is that Lindsay tapped her own keg. I'm putting it on my resume. That was the most bestest accomplishment. You of put my- it on anything else. So <laughs> we I all did. knew. I, I know. I put it everywhere. Snapchat, Instagram, everybody saw. <laughs> Lindsay tapped a keg. Um, but I think what was really important about that is we all just like, I think there's like this innate like feeling to be competitive with other women, that we need to be better than them, prettier than them, more fit than them. Well, absolutely. And that's people were like comparing Shakira and J-Lo. I was like, why can't they both have been like the best freaking halftime show mm. ever together? You know, like why? Oh, J-Lo is better. No, I think Shakira they worked better. great together. They worked incredible together. So continue. And then like, so to think about it really more on like a smaller scale, like we're competing to do well in classes. We're competing for the same very small pool of men. Like mm. we're in here in college and or women or women or women or women. <laughs> Don't I am here being inclusive or whoever like. Trees, they're whatever you're in love with. You go be in love with everything and anyone. <laughs> Lindsay's giving me a look. Anyways, as I was pointing out, we're, I think there's this innate quality that I used to have in like middle and high school that like I had to be like better than the women around me. Like, oh, I, yeah, for sure. I need to be like smarter and prettier and whatever, better. And I think as really college and the Super Bowl party reminded me of it is like, we should come together as women and look at like women looking out for women. We do it at bars. I, like, go out of my way. I will talk to every drunk girl in the bathroom. Like, just, like, being there for women and supporting other women. Like, I think that's such an awesome thing. And to, like, sit at that Super Bowl party with a lot of girls. I was really close with a lot of girls. I was not that close with, like, we all brought appetizers. It was a potluck. Lindsay tapped the keg. Like, it was, like, just, like, cookies. Kate made the best peanut butter cookies I've ever <laughs> eaten. But just remembering that, like, 
we can be this like strong, powerful entity yeah. and stop letting like other like bullshit in society come between us. So I think that I'd like to talk a little bit like academically the way the different standards that we see uh, for women. But specifically, I think that the three of us make a really great group to do that because we have the three major schools represented. We do. Look with at that. <laughs> engineering, business and arts and sciences. Like, uh, so I'm also part of a program that is a combination of business and engineering. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we love IBE. Hey, Kate, are you an IBE? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but something that I really notice is when I go to one of my engineering classes, the women in there are like jeans, flannel, bean boots, like jeans flannel date party t-shirt not super nice leggings t-shirt boots or or sneakers like very very casual and very almost masculine looking like it's not a very feminine place like if i wear heels there i know that i i draw a lot of eyes you know you can feel it when you walk into a room when i walk into my nuclear reactor design class <laughs> oh my I'm god wearing my fucking nerd now I'm <laughs> and i'm wearing my nice black booties you know there are people looking right do you feel like because I, we've been talking a lot about the way women dress is there mm -hmm. something else academically that you know kind of differentiates us or that you feel that you stand out in when you're like in an engineering class do people do you think that maybe specifically men are like Oh, you're a woman. You can't. You can't oh, add up I, numbers. You can't do math. I definitely get a lot of mansplaining, and when there are group <laughs> projects, especially, uh, it's a lot of you know. I'll give one idea, and they're like, and then one will say the same idea again, Just and like they're like, "Wow, differently. wow, how brilliant!" Could Look you define mansplaining for the <laughs> podcast? For the podcast, mansplaining is when someone uninvitedly <laughs> explains. That's the most a, important part. That is the most important part. Is you did not ask for this man's opinion or consent. explanation. He decides to tell you how a very general thing or something that is basically assumed in context. You know, it's not something that's like, <laughs> oh, I'm confused about electron configuration. Can you help me? Versus like, oh, we have to take the integral of work to get energy. And I'm like, I'm aware <laughs> we're the same grade. But I totally get your, like, mansplaining, really. I feel like a lot of times, at least for me, so for arts and sciences, I have some 50-50 classes. I'm usually leaning more heavily female. I think that's just the stereotype of it. But when I was in those, like, cow classes or when I took chemistry, RIP, um, I always felt like I had to be really conscious about the language I used in mm. order to not sound stupid. Yeah. Even though I was asking, like, a normal question, but all of a sudden I would be like, do that sound stupid? Like, I used to be really self-conscious about asking questions in class. Yeah, and I think kind of along the same vein, you know, in my finance classes specifically, I never want to answer a question because there is always some finance boy who, like, reads Morning Brew every yeah. day and, like, knows all about the stocks and, you know, how X, Y, and Z works. And, you know, they're always going to, the first to, like, raise their hands, the first to speak out, the first to, like, even, like, correct a professor, you know, and I'm always there, like twiddling my thumbs like I hate the classes that are based on participation because yeah. I specifically I'm a, I'm like a little bit shy in class because again I don't want to sound stupid mm -hmm. and I don't think I've gotten over that yet I think I am getting there but I never want to be the one that's like the, the boys are like well did you even look at the stock market today you know and it's like yeah. well no no I didn't <laughs> because that doesn't interest me like so I, I think 
yeah, I guess that's all I really had to say. <laughs> I found that in engineering classes, the competition isn't uh, class-wide. It's men versus men and women versus women, it feels like a lot. You know, if I'm in a class of 15 people and there are five women, if academically and, like, strength-wise, I'm maybe number three out of five women, that's not bad. But if you take class-wide, if I'm number four out of 15 then people don't look at that and say she's top of the class because they'll automatically compare me against other women because especially in a technical field it doesn't feel like i'm competing for any spot it feels like i'm competing for the woman's spot that's so interesting that you put it like that ah so like do you sometimes feel like I don't think diversity is the right word, but I'm going to use it because I currently can't think of another representation. one. Yeah. Like, are you the representation quota? Like, oh, gosh, we have to hire a female. So we look like we're inclusive. So here we go. We're going to hire one female. We're going to take these group of 25 females and pick one. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Or like when I go into an interview, I'm very conscious about what I wear, specifically what shoes I wear. I am naturally a pretty tall person. And so when I wear a higher heels and I'm taller than a man a lot of times that can affect their power dynamic and the way they view me oh (laughs) that is so interesting as a short person I've never had that problem but I can see how you could have that problem right like you come in here like a a boss ass bitch you know come in here in my power suit in your power suit and your heels and you know you know what you're talking about and you're ready to kind of take the world by storm and the men are like yeah, shit, she's taller than me. Yeah, I'm also going to the deep south, Atlanta, this summer. So <laughs> being a woman, a taller deep woman. South. I mean, you know, deeper than Pennsylvania, like which isn't bit. in the south at all. <laughs> um, well, how do you how do you think the south is going to do you think? I think that I'm going to be up against a lot of adversity as a young woman, a young intern who's a woman. Yes, that I'm I'm still looking forward to taking it because I don't take shit from no man. So snaps to that. (laughs) Okay. So when you think about like your female identity, how you've created that, like what, like, okay. Cause I always say there's like parts, like I really feel like I have, am a feminist and I've pushed like a more like, you know, not radical is not the right word, but just like not trying not to go to these traditional norms. But like, there's obviously still parts of me that go to the very traditional way of thinking. Are there parts of your female identity you wish you didn't feel, like, obligated to follow? Uh, There's a lot of, I'd say, conflict about that in me right now because I come from a more conservative Christian family where the dad is 6'3", the mom is 5'3". And so I still, like, feel those nags from the back of my head, like, from these roots that I have. But, like, I don't like dressing super flashy when I go out just because. And, like, the man that I'm currently dating is wonderful, but barefoot to barefoot, he's a half inch taller than me. So if (laughs) I'm wearing heels, like, that's not even a question. While that that was something for my family that they had to get over, so. Oh, you felt like your family? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, we've definitely had conversations like, oh, what's going to happen, like, if you decide to have kids? Like, I'm planning to keep working and that's not a decision that my mom made Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that's one that's really hard for me Um, yeah because I'm so thankful for everything that she gave up to raise my brother and I but you know is that me I don't know I think that the societal norm that I need to in order to be a good mom I need to well 
let me start over. So I follow Sean Johnson, the gymnast, on Instagram. I don't know when this started, but I did. And she just had a baby who's three months old. And obviously she's famous, so I don't really know what she does <laughs> day-to-day life. But she posted an Instagram story about mom shaming, about all these people who mom shame, yeah. whether you stay home, whether you don't stay home, all those things. A or B. A or, a or B, Kate! Full circle. But thinking <laughs> about it, I was like, so my mom worked full time. I and we had nannies my whole life. And I like the nannies were part of raising me. They came to my high school graduation party. I feel so lucky that I had more empowering women in my life. Um, but I think that I personally will feel a lot of pressure because I'm going to go back to grad school. I'm going to need a doctorate. If people think that I'm getting that doctorate and then just going to like <laughs> lay down and be like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm staying at home now. They're so dead wrong. But how do you deal with you know, maybe coming into a relationship with a man, a woman, whoever, who's thinking that we need to go the traditional route where, like, you stay home because you're the woman and me, the man, is going to work. Like, to I think that, that's really hard. To me, that's a deal breaker. I, I'm working too damn hard right now. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to make too much damn money. I was going to say, we're also, hey, <laughs> paying too much damn money and working too hard, you know, and you get this awesome degree from an awesome university. And then, you know, I'm not going to let it go to waste, but no. I... Now that we're talking about it, I'm so I'm gonna totally ask my mom, you know, either before or after she listens to this. I just I'm so curious because she went right back into the workforce after mm. she had me, and um, the the dynamics were a little bit switched. Where my dad would like leave work early to like come pick up me and my brother, and we always had like a babysitter, and you know, and she would she would work. So I'm so curious if you know. It was really helpful for me over my internship. My boss was uh, part time with. A one and a half year old at home so she'd come and work for two and a half days a week in office and then be like on call for the rest to be home mm-hmm. and that was helpful for me to see that it wasn't just a or b yeah, that it, there was a middle it, ground it, it and can, it worked well for her it can be done but i'm just so curious if, she, if my mom like i guess got shamed for it you know i'm so like I, I i guess i've never really asked her about it because i'm but now that we're graduating college i guess Family, kids are <laughs> soon, and that's soon. We're twenty-two. People keep getting engaged on Facebook, and it's <laughs> they're four years old. This we are not getting engaged anytime soon. I can't keep. I can't figure out what I'm gonna wear in the morning. I haven't done laundry in two weeks. I'm not having a baby. I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying, like I've seen it, and there are people who are our age who are getting engaged on Facebook. I know you're thinking about one specific person, but there are other people. There are, and so <gasps> yeah. So I guess you know, never. I never really. Talked to my mom about it because I was like, yeah, I'm not, not, not there yet. And now I'm like, okay, I'm entering the workforce. Like, <laughs> what are my next steps? <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that lends itself to socially also the way that we feel that we have to represent ourselves when we're going out at night, whether it's to bars or pregames, you know. And I think there's a very interesting line that I've noticed lately. So, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a girly girl, but I guess I technically lean that way. I, if... Well, compared to me and Kate. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in me this specifically. Room, in, <laughs> in this, this room, room. <laughs> I would be leading girly girl. Um, and recently, a question that I always ask when I, right before we go out, is like, is this outfit tasteful or too much? Mm. Usually about a very specific thing, but unrelated on, for the <laughs> podcast. But a lot of people have been saying, like, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. Like, do it all. Like, you look good. Like, blah, blah, blah. But I've always wondered, like, why I have this innate thing where I'm like, well, yeah, I, people tell me they support me in whatever I wear, but then I go out and automatically compare myself against other women who are there. And I'm like, is this too much? Is this too revealing? Am I giving away too much? Like, like naturally parts of my body, it's a little dif- more difficult to like conceal. But like, bro, I feel you. But like thinking about, can't relate. <laughs> but like thinking about like why, why does it, 
if I felt good in it, why do I need to like? Why do I suddenly don't not feel good about it anymore when I walk in? Right. Or why do you need feel the need to like get approval from other people? Or why do I like? Why am I like? Okay, I don't want. My mom always says classy, never trashy, which is what mm-hmm. I usually go off of in yeah. my brain. But it's sometimes it's really hard for me because I'm having this thing where I was, I was like, what message am I sending out? Mm-hmm. Like, is am I? Because I think often. But also, why do I need to send a message? True. But th- to go back to your A or B thing, it's right. like slutty or conservative. Yes. <laughs> like, do I, am I getting labeled a slut right now? Or are they like, why does she look like she's going to church? And like, as someone in a relationship, I feel like if I choose to dress a little bit more revealing, people are like, what you dressing for? It's like, I'm dressing because I feel good. Right. And then mm, this is like kind of a tangent, but also kind of related. When I was dating my ex, who was a guy, I always felt like I had to dress a little bit more feminine mm. when I was around him. And now I definitely dress a lot less feminine and I and I think that's interesting yeah I know Jess is looking at me like it's crazy but I I, I know think now it's I'm true. trying to like think about all the outfits you've worn yeah, before yeah <laughs> okay Lindsay I have a kind of a weird question and we can cut this out if you don't want to answer it would you have worn so Lindsay wore this epic suit bralette oh, I was drooling combination to date party like literally hottest thing I've ever seen in my life would you have worn that when you're dating your ex absolutely not mm. No, because, well, and also, like, not that there's anything wrong with this, but he always preferred me in a dress. Like, even when I would wear jumpsuits, he's like, oh, I like when you wear a dress. And I never really felt super comfortable in that. But, like, okay, I could put on a dress for a couple hours, you know? Like, whatever, but. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, Kate, what, like, to be more, like, happy and less, like, I feel like a little bit of an angry troll feminist (laughs) over here. What do you, like, love about being a woman? Like, what part of your feminine identity do you love? I, again, I sort of started off by saying this. I love that it's so much more accepting. You know, me sitting here and saying I'm figuring out that I'm in the middle ground between masculine and feminine, like the way I want to dress, the way I want to talk. Like, I naturally have a deep voice, so that sort of lends itself to the masculine side. A sexy deep voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Kate, do, do some ASMR for us right now. Hi, guys. No. No, 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 no. I take it back. But I love that I can sit here and say I'm figuring out that I'm in the middle and I want to dress the way I want to dress. There will be no one who looks me in the face and says, like, that's not okay. The pressures I would feel is from me internally comparing against other women, but no one will look at me and say that's wrong. Do you think other people are talking about it, like, behind your back? Well, that's what I think about when I go to bed at night, but I hope not. (laughs) I think really, I, lo- I agree with what you're saying. Like, I love, like, when I go back, the fe- the positive female energy that, I saw a quote today that's like, tampons are so fucking expensive, but I've never met a girl who won't give me one. True. Ever. Like, I could be in a complete stranger's bathroom, think about how expensive a box of tampons is. Mm. Like, too expensive. And every time I ask, in a group chat, in a random stranger's bathroom, immediately if I have one, they'll give it to me. I think that I've actually, like, sprinted across campus. Someone been like, SOS emergency and I'm like on my way (laughs) but there's such a like a connection I think that like only women get you know and I think that tomboys can get along with girly girls and the people in the middle can be either one on either day that they choose and I think that that is so special and unique versus again I don't mean to generalize but versus what I think of a lot especially like boys on this campus you know, there isn't too much of a B around. There's mostly only an A for them to choose from. Meanwhile, yeah. I feel like wherever I go, I can be accepted in the way that I'm expressing myself. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just, like, 
I always think about like the funny things where like girls I think really do keep an eye out on other girls. Oh, absolutely. Even if the stranger like I've been in situations before where a random girl has grabbed me out of an uncomfortable situation or like someone has texted me like, hi, everything good? Like people that I'm not like super close mm-hmm. with, but like you maybe were had a little too much to drink or maybe your your ex has made a weird conversation in a bar or maybe like, <laughs> you know, you're just like you don't like you're talking to someone and you have like a weird face. I've had people come up to you. Like, oh, my God. It's so good to see you. I don't know them. But like. Just that, like, I feel like I'll see people just like sitting there zoning out, and I don't know if like it's a proper zone out or just someone like in a moment, and I'm like, hey, babe, you good? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> so, like, what's your takeaway for people? Like, what do you want people to like take away from this? Whether it's like, let's just say for the women out there. So, I read somewhere, and for the men, and for the men, absolutely. So, I read somewhere that eighty percent of women feel like they don't fit into a standard or fit into the norm and in an experimental sense if you're like in a research lab if your hypothesized standard or your hypothesized conclusion fails 80 percent of the time it's not the data you know it's your conclusion it's the standard that's wrong so society you gotta buck up and check your numbers again because your standard is just wrong. Right. And I love how you kind of brought that little scientific explanation in because I think that's like so you. And like, especially <laughs> like what we just talked about, you know, like engineering and business. I'm like, go off. Like, yeah, like explain it that way. But yeah, you're so right. I think we kind of, as a society, need to maybe re- reevaluate. And it, it, I, I think we always come back to this. I, I think a lot, in a lot of episodes that we've done, it's like, well, how can we make change on a small scale? And this won't go away. You're not going to be like, you know what? I'm empowered by what Kate said, so I'm not going to worry about that anymore because it's not an overnight change. I've said that this has taken me years and years, and it's still right. something that I'm working on. Right. It's absolutely like a mindset, and you kind of need to keep working on it every day for it to kind of sink in. And I think it's like, it's kind of like, I want to look like the standard of women in the eye, which is like, it's, I guess like to me, it's like a ditzy quote-unquote blonde who is like stays at home and model size double yeah, zero double zero whatever and i think it's really time to be like there is no standard of a woman like I, you can be whatever you want to be and you're accepted in our female population everyone needs to like really rally around that whatever a woman looks like you know and i'm talking gender identity i'm not talking mm-hmm. biologically i'm talking your gender identity like if you define as a woman like you're accepted in our community and how do we start come the ground up so that the first grader or the fifth grader doesn't have to choose between A or B. They yeah. can make their own woman. That was awesome. Yeah, great. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming, Kate. Thank you for having me. This was a fun chat. This was fun. And I, yeah, it was more conversation style and there was a lot of yelling, yeah. but like in a good way. We love good Which yelling. I didn't want to just show up here and talk. I don't think I would listen to the podcast. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand the sound of my own voice. How do you guys get over that? Um, we just do, and I forgot. I forgot to ask our question. Oh, so you just talked about something you're open yes. about. So, what's something you're working on being more open about? Mm. I am working on putting myself out there more. I consider myself a mellow extrovert. That I love being around people and I love group settings, but I'm a lot more low energy than a lot of other extroverts. So, I'm working on like putting myself out there, really involving myself in the group around me because. I do love people and I love talking with them. 
I love that. That was awesome. And like right off the top of your head, too. That was great. <laughs> As if I didn't listen to every episode and know it was coming. Sure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming, Kate. You've been an awesome guest. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Sorry We're Open. Thanks so much for joining us. I know we've been having some pretty long episodes, but we hope you're enjoying them and we'll try to vary the length. Um, but per usual, follow us on Instagram at Sorry We're Open Podcast if you want a sticker. And uh, if you're interested in being guests, hit us up. Yeah, that's all we got. Have a nice week. <laughs>